Well, <laughs> no, 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 not. We had a discussion quite recently with a guest and your octave should be much higher and much what? more, <laughs> much more positive. It no. is, it is many things, many things. You One know, thing, it is another day that we're around. It is, yeah. But yeah. more importantly, it is I approaching. Bought a, I, I, I oh. bought a Costco membership. Did you really? Yes, there's that. Oh, that's okay. I was going to say a bunch of things, but that's way bigger. Spring in my step. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's approaching the holiday season. It mm-hmm. is. I, I, I don't hope you don't mind me spoiling state secrets, but is it, a, it is approaching your birthday. <gasps> and mm-hmm. um, also, not only is it seemingly the new release season but heck it's the you know mcu spider-man new release yeah season yeah. so i mean all these years we we had this discussion previously with emily i think it was where you know a lot of the times you know like the podcast is the time for you to exhale and go you know what here's something no this is not the episode to exhale this is the episode to say this is well, an inhale yes <gasps> yes yeah at some point, I gotta breathe out. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. No, it's all nothing but in. I listen. I want to start off by saying I don't think it's ever been more prudent for us to disclose the fact that we are about to talk about Spider-Man: No Way Home in full spoiler fashion. Yes. Like we've uh, we've said that many times in the past about films we're reviewing. We've said, hey, you know what? We're we're not going to hold back. We're going to talk about all the dirty details, um, and, <laughs> not that and, dirty. and 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 yeah, it's not like we weren't reviewing like Showgirls or something. But <laughs> and um, but and every single time we've done that, it has mattered. It's you know, it's it, yeah, like hey, if you don't want this to be spoiled, then then don't don't listen to this episode. Um, but I don't think it's ever been more prudent than right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe a little bit with Rise of Skywalker. A little bit. Sure. Not quite sure. to the same caliper. But it, yeah. But close. It's See, close. See, we didn't have it. We, we, we were, our podcast came out after things like Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But had it had had it not, like had we reviewed Endgame, I think that I would be giving a similar like, you know, mm. around the Tony mm. Stark stuff and whatnot. It'd be yeah. a similar disclaimer. There'd be Very similar, similar weight on that disclaimer. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but hey. If you have not seen Spider Man No Way Home, and and I'm gonna go one step further. If you haven't seen Spider Man No Way Home, but You've seen spoilers on the internet because how can you not? You open YouTube right now mm, and there's yeah. there's it's it's just spoiler abundant. You can't even you can't help it. Um and you think to yourself, well, you know, I'm not seeing the movie for another couple of days, but I'm pretty sure everything's already been spoiled for me. It hasn't. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it hasn't. And even though you think things have been spoiled for you, mm. it's 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 worth it's worth just trusting that this movie is still capable of surprising you. Sure, 
It's it's the Hobbit of movies. You think you can know everything there is to know about it, and then uh, you know it can still surprise you. Yeah, it's got the hairiest feet of all the. <laughs> I don't know if I was on board with this analogy entirely. Yeah, no, but, no. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's. Uh, there's so much. This is also <laughs> probably very prudent for us not to beat around the bush here. Sure. Not to not to screw around because um, the list of things to talk about is large. Sure. And and time is of the as you said Christmas is coming so we need to wrap <laughs> it up before then. <laughs> and I'm feeling confident. I think I think that can be done. <laughs> but I don't want to push it. Let's not jinx it. So I've seen this movie twice now. You've seen it once. You saw it today. <laughs> you are a less dog. Less than 12 hours ago and I feel a little bit listen, I feel a little bad. Sure. I have zero regrets. Oh, for it twice, sure, obviously. But I, yeah. I do. There was a little part of me that's like, because I saw it Thursday. I saw it mm. op- like the so it came out on the seventeenth is the official release date. Right. Yep. I saw it on the sixteenth. Right. Right. And the seventeenth. <laughs> um. And and as I was sitting down to watch it the second, the first time I was like, I'm I'm incredibly fortunate. Hmm. Okay. The sec- second time I sat down, I was like, am I an asshole? Like, Why? There's, well, just because I was like, there's, you know, this is a sold out, packed, arm to arm. So when you went, so so here's the thing. Mm. Both of my showings hmm. were 100% full. Oh. Mm. Right? Because it was, in fact, my last showing. So the 50% capacity restriction that we have here in Ontario right now mm. um at the time of recording from movie theaters, happened Sunday morning at 12.01. Right. My second viewing was Saturday at, no, sorry. It happened Saturday morning at 12.01. My second viewing was Friday night at 10.30. So we like snuck in under the wire for the last 100% capacity viewing. Right. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, there's that. Um, but I felt a little bad because I'm like, ah, you know, this is the second time I'm seeing it. And I know that there's people who are like, I just can't get my hands on a ticket. Like, you know, maybe not so much up where you are, but definitely down here, tickets were a commodity. And so yeah. I felt a little bad. I felt a little bit like, you know, am I the... Am I the kid that's going up for seconds when <laughs> someone hasn't gotten their first serving yet? Like, what's? I mean, what is happening? So, I think if people are extrapolating moral lessons from the Movement podcast, they're maybe doing something wrong with their life. But I will right. say, I think you're taking the high road and definitely thinking about how an individual should think about things. About like, hey, you know. There's only so much to go around at a premium time. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I should have shouldn't have seen it twice. Maybe I should have. But, oh, screw that! No, but, no, no. I. No, well, no. here's the thing. <laughs> you were texting me to coordinate a scheduling thing, and we to had some flipping and flopping. And yeah, because like, like you said, my birthday's coming up. Yeah, and so naturally, it, the whole yeah. world is and, coming to an end. And, <laughs> and one of them, one of the dates that we were thinking about. You said, oh, I can't do that. And I said, why not? I, I was planning on doing it this date. And you're like, I'm seeing Spider-Man 3. And I was like, enough. Like, I get it. I 
enough sense. Oh like you no! Don't... So that was our Grinch episode. Yeah. So and normally, like, yeah, no, yeah. You don't need to say anything more. It's Spider Man Three. I get it. So same with this one. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe morally, you should have only seen it once and given other people a chance and seen it later. But also, it's Spider Man Three, so all bets are off. Is my point. I actually found that incredibly hilarious because to give a little more context, we we were gonna sit. We were planning to record with Emily for our our Grinch right. debate. Yeah, and you had. We always record the same night every week. Sure, with you know within reason, of course. And um, but for some reason, your work, the hospital had had put you on call for sure. Thursday. And so, you know, just to play your cards safe, you weaseled your way out of it. You swapped a shift with someone or whatever you did, right? Like you, yeah. you yep. maneuvered. Sure. And then after doing that, after going through the trouble to make everything work, I was like, ah, oh, shit, guys, can we, can we do it on a different night than normal? Um, I have Spider-Man tickets. And, I, and honest, which was an honest oh, for sure. scheduling conflict. Yes. Um, because I, when I, I, you know what, I tell you what, when I was buying (laughs) Spider-Man tickets, when I was in, okay, coordinate this, what theater, what time, what day, like tickets, how do I do this? Uh, it could have been my own damn wedding and I would (laughs) have, I would have just gapped it. Like there was no. And I know you enough. That is not hyperbole. (laughs) No. Yeah, absolutely. There was no, there was no second thought given towards <laughs> any. Yeah, I was like, no, just it's. Just, I I had I had blinders on for sure. <laughs> uh, but then yeah, so and then I fell back because you're like, oh, I'm like I just you know I just changed before I gave you reason. I was like, can we change? And you're like. Oh, gee, I don't know. Like, you know, I just, I just swapped this and it's kind of, it's not great. And it's, you know, like, uh, like you really, you didn't want the schedule to change. You're sure. Like it's, it, it'll be yep. very inconvenient if yep. the schedule changes. Yep. And I was like, cause I have to be honest, I have Spider-Man tickets and you're like, oh, never mind. Say no more. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. no. burn, burn the podcast to the ground. Go see Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> And so it was so, it was just, it was very funny to me. It was pretty much, it was pretty much, I went like, LOL, JK. Yeah. Because, you know, you and I, you and I don't see eye to eye on, we don't disagree, but we're not on the same level when it comes to the MCU. Yeah. Oh, for Um, sure. But when it comes to the web slinger, (laughs) we're both a little, you know, it, you, you, the way Spider-Man gets you just as gooey as it gets me. And that's... No, not gooey in a gross way. Like warm and gooey. I know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Don't you love Spider-Man? Yes, I do. That is very accurate. That is very accurate. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this movie. Hmm. Um, I don't don't know what to say. I, I, it's so bad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Can you imagine, can you imagine if I sat down right now and my answer was, I hate this film. I think it was trash. <laughs> well, okay. Also, here's the thing. I was avoiding reviews like the plague because I didn't want anything spoiled. And I was driving in my car on a public radio station and listening to that. And they had some movie reviewers, not without without spoiling it, giving their takes. And a lot of them were like bland, like this is overdone. It's over. Like they were just saying, starting really? to say- 
bad things. And I just shut it off because A, I didn't want to know what they were going to say. I didn't want anything ruined. And also I was just like, please just don't don't sway me one way or the other. Like I just want to know nothing. So all I know is that there are some people in the industry who don't like it, but don't know what they well, saw. And I feel like that's just a situation where, you know, when someone comes on the radio and they start talking about how they don't like a Spider-Man movie, um, you know, that's one of those, if your friends don't dance, then they're no friends of mine kind of <laughs> moment. You're just like, oh, I'm sorry. You have the audacity to come out of my speakers and say something bad about Peter Parker. Right. To hell with you. And you just like <laughs> shut the radio off. Yeah. Right. You're like, I ain't got no time for that. Um, I want to say, can I hot take you? Of course. This is a movie. Th- there, this This movie, as amazingly and miraculous and wonderful and beautiful and and just damn near perfect as it is, should not exist. <laughs> it this this movie this movie has no right existing because this is not how you make movies. You don't make movies like this. This when you sit down and you you look at the practicality of you know what makes sense from a story standpoint and everything in this movie makes sense from a story standpoint the narrative works don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but when you're sitting down in your planning thing and you're like okay where do we take spider-man what do we do next the obvious easy nerdy fat sweaty guy with the comic books in the corner of the room is going let's get all three spider-man in the thing together and then and then they'll do this and they'll do that and uh, right and everyone shuts him down because yeah as wonderful as that would be Right, literally, what the, literally the plot of this movie is what you would get if you took five fat sweaties <laughs> off the internet, just random. You went on Patreon or not Patreon, um, um, uh, pin, uh, not Pinterest. What's the Reddit? You went on Reddit mm. and you just found these guys and you were like, write a Spider-Man movie. And these guys have no experience writing movies. They don't understand what you can and can't do in the movie. They just write the like fattest, sweatiest. Like nerd, <laughs> pizza pocket, Pillsbury, whatever mm. thing of a Twinkie of a film. And you look at it and you go, that, that would make an amazing comic book, but they're never going to make a movie like that. Like right. That just, <laughs> okay. You know, it doesn't make, that's what this movie is. Hmm. That is what this movie is. The other thing that this movie is, is an, another, if you don't like the, my fat sweaty thing, is... <laughs> is it this this movie is seven-year-old Brady hmm. sitting in on his bedroom floor with his Spider-Man action figures. Mm. And he has a couple different Spider-Man action figures, and so he's playing with all three of them. You know, maybe they're all three are there. Who knows what's happened? Something, you know, maybe some kind of like Dr. Morbius has cloned everyone or like, <laughs> it, who knows, whatever. But we're playing sure. with more than one Spider-Man because there's more than one Spider-Man in the box. Mm. Yeah. And because we're seven years old and we're a little extra and we have no we have no concept of what's realistic and what's reasonable and what isn't we're playing with every damn action figure we have from the villain category <laughs> we're like ah oh, yeah sure and dr octopus is in there and then all of a sudden green goblin comes in and it's like you know and it's one of those and you see stuff like that in the comics and you're like oh yeah it's like it's big and it's crazy and it works in the comics um 
but it's not something they've done in the movies because you know you you know you get like Spider-Man three and you like overcrowd it with villains and you're like ah eh, you know <laughs> but that's what this film is this film is the the afternoon play session of an imaginative seven year old boy with his action figures hmm. and hmm. it's glorious let me. Can I just segue, because you referred back to the other Spider-Man 3, a quote, uh, a friend of the show, Marshall, of what I heard him say, it's funny how a lot of people, uh, their biggest complaints with Spider-Man 3, the 2007 version, was that there were too many villains, and this version said, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Yep. I, I fully think this movie is a love letter from Kevin Feige <laughs> to the fans. Okay. And and what that and when you open that letter up, there's one sentence written on the paper. What what is it? Just so you know <laughs> nothing and I mean nothing is off the table. <laughs> Seriously. Sure. There's nothing there's yeah. nothing that we won't consider. <laughs> Nothing is out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> so, oh, man. was anything spoiled for you about this movie going into it? Not particularly. Not that was not supposed to be spoiled. Just the just okay. the premise that um, you know Peter wanted to be getting a bit of a fresh slate. Doctor Strange is involved, and then chaos ensues. And I mean, for me personally, I, I like I do wish I knew a little bit less about that. And that's just me personally. I don't think that's a mistake of the trailers or the the creators. Um, I just think personally, I, I think I, I was a little fatigued of that part just because when we've been waiting for this movie for 20 years or however long the trailers have been out, it, it, it is, it's really the only tangible thing that we've really had about this plot. And it's, it's kind of a big fundamental point of it. So I think personally, that was the only thing that I was aware of. Right. And I, and I agree entirely. Cause I said to, um, I looked at Brianne, <clears throat> excuse me, just as the movie was starting, I looked at Brianne and I said, now, like, can you imagine if, or maybe it was when the movie ended, I think it was mm. when the movie ended. Mm. I was like, can you imagine if you had sat down to start watching this movie and you were genuinely able to be like, holy shit, is that Alfred Molina as Doc Ock? Right. Is that Willem Dafoe? What oh. the? Like, if if all of that had been <laughs> had been organic and just natural and just happened on its own, oh my god! Like, sure, yeah, you know. But you but you got to market the movie somehow. You have to, oh, you know, I agree. You can't. We, we you have can't to. You have them. to let you know because after a while, someone would be like, "Who is in this movie?" <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Toby and Andrew didn't show up at the premiere, which is very interesting. They kept right. them from the premiere right, to keep this secret alive. Oh. Or maybe they just came uh, in in a back entrance wearing like mustaches. No, someone would. No. <laughs> no people, have been, people have been all over this thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. had four things spoiled for me before I went. Oh, no. What? Yeah. So I knew, um, I knew not, to, not to what extent, but I knew for a fact- before sitting down to watch the movie, I knew Toby and Andrew were in it. Sure, that, and I that, think 
there that was, had been confirmed. For yeah, me. and I, I think even to the lay viewer, maybe not the confirmation, but there was the hope or the thought that that right. might happen. Yeah. Okay, okay. I knew not when, not how, but I knew that at the hand of the Green Goblin that May was going to die. Oh, oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. But but it was still, I didn't know when or how, like I, mm. you know, when I, when I mm-hmm. discovered that, I was like, oh, okay, that'll be like end of the third act. And it mm. wasn't, it was like, it was a motivator. It was a catalyst. It was a, yep. you know, it happens quite early on. Mm. Um, I knew that. I knew that the mid credit scene was a Eddie Brock as Venom centric scene. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any details about it. I just knew that that's what it was about. And I knew that the the end credit scene was a trailer of sorts for Doctor Strange 2. Yes. Yeah. I hadn't seen it. Right? I didn't have any details about any of these things. But you were aware. But I, but I, knew, I was aware that all of those things were mm. what they were. Mm. Um. But having said that, I was still amaze, amazingly surprised. <laughs> Specifically to the fact that, like, I... So I knew Toby and Andrew were going to be in it. And yes. so I thought to myself, okay, well, you know what? So you get, what? We're going to get a five-minute cameo. Yes, that's... We may not even... We likely won't see them in the suit. I mm, preach... I agree. Um, and you know, and so then when they, when they when they both show up in Ned's grandmother's <laughs> kitchen, <laughs> yeah, I thought to myself, okay, um, this is about as far as it's going to go. And Tom Holland may not ever actually even meet them because he's not right. like he, he's not there right now. Yeah. And then I was like, and then it, it went a little bit further, and we get that rooftop scene, and mm-hmm. then. And then they're all in the lab together. And I thought, okay, so this is like, this is what's going to happen. Um, they're, they're going to set us up with the solution. They're, they're the plot device that equips us with how to cure everyone. Mm. And then they're going to go back home and we're going to have to cure everyone. Sure. And then Andrew says to Toby, are you going to go into battle looking like a cool youth pastor? Oh. And, <laughs> and, and Toby flashes the collar of the, and everyone in the theater pees a little bit. And so let <laughs> yeah. me ask you, what was the energy level like in your theater? Uh, not vibrant. It was, I went, so like you alluded to in our region, there are newer restrictions that have been enforced. So I went after the new restrictions were in place. So it was a smaller volume and just due to scheduling, right. I went in a earlier time of the day. So it was a, it was a right. quiet. You went in the morning. Yeah. 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 Um, both, both showings of mine, massive cheering when uh, a couple plots, massive, massive cheering when, when Alfred Molina first shows up, like, like an uproar. Like it loud in the theater, and hmm. then and then the pumpkin bomb kind of like skirts along the road, and everyone's like, <gasps> like you could hear gasps in the room. Hmm. Um, when the portal opens up and you see Andrew Garfield Spider Man, some of us there was a little bit of there was a little bit of cheering. From those of us that 
recognized the eyes on the suit. So those of us that that knew right away what Spidey suit that was hmm. and knew that that wasn't Tom Holland. Um, right. There was cheering from us. And then when he took his mask off, the, everyone, like the rest of the theater joined in. There was an explosion when Toby steps out of the darkness. An hmm. explosion of, of cheering. Um. So much so that, like, for a first, like, when Andrew first walks through and he's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, like, you know, whatever, yada, yada. I have no idea what he said there because both <laughs> times you can't, you couldn't hear. I was in a Dolby Atmos, like, crazy, crazy sound system theater and you couldn't, you couldn't hear the movie from the cheering. So that was fun. It was a fun, vibrant, you know, like, there was a lot of energy because of it. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Less about the audience, but all related into the emotions. Did Were there any points, because you can't measure this as an audience, but specifically to you, were there points where you were emotional, like outwardly? Oh, yeah. So I, I cried um, several times. Mm-hmm. And one time wrecked me. <laughs> wrecked <laughs> me. Like, I got teary-eyed a couple of times, but one time made the tears run. Jeez. And so, um, so I, I got a little emotional when May dies, but not as much mm. as I, not, not as much as I, I, I don't know. There's something, something, I think the shot that seemed really weird and kind of ruined it for me was when Happy pulls in mm. and there's like this weird shot from Happy's perspective where Peter like looks at May and then looks at Happy and then looks at May and then looks at Happy and then looks at May. Mm. And it almost seemed like comedic. Like it huh. almost seemed weird. Like, yeah, that shot didn't work for me. But I it did get me to, at the very end of that scene where he's apologizing when he's crying and he's kissing her on the forehead and he's saying, mm. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Sure. Um, that got me. Okay. The rooftop conversation where we have three Spider-Men that are sitting there teary-eyed talking <laughs> about Gwen and Uncle Ben and, and, and Andrew's updating us and he's talking about how, you know, after a while, you know, like Gwen and Gwen's, Gwen's um, valedictorian speech encouraged him to keep going, hmm. but... But after a while, he like stopped pulling his punches and he yeah. got spiteful and rageful and all this stuff. That got me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I blubbered like a baby. <laughs> Both times. Just as, if not more an emotional response the second time, even when I knew it was coming. When Andrew catches and saves MJ. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like, because it, what an amazing sequence because MJ's falling and everyone's like, <gasps> and then, mm-hmm. and, but, but, oh, but Tom's going to get her. And then he gets swept out of the way by the glider. Hmm. And then the second, the second they cut to Andrew and the look, the realization on Andrew's face and he runs and he dives and he realized there's so much weight in this moment because of what happened with Gwen. And 
and he dives and he catches her and he's crying because it has so much symmetry to what happened with Gwen. It just makes him think about Gwen. And so much was communicated in that in that those moments with no words. Like as he's as he dives off and he's like plummeting through the air after her, so much is being communicated with the audience. So much about about this is his chance at redemption. And what will happen if he can't save her? Hmm. If it happens again. Hmm. And oh my gosh, I wept <laughs> wept and i've watched a shitty camera version of it on youtube a couple of times since like just that scene and sure. i and i cry sitting in a fully lit room oh my god oh my god but that's because that's because you know and this is a hot take and a lot of people are going to disagree with me and they can just shut the hell up andrew garfield is my spider-man okay i i i adore and I don't think you you haven't watched them. I have not. Yeah. See, so that scene meant nothing to you. No, actually. So let me quickly. I I will mirror because you hit the two. So the the points where I actually no tear went down my face, but I tears were were forming in my eyeballs. I I was tearing up. So yeah, the one the rooftop scene where they're all relaying, you know, their Uncle Ben, their Aunt May stories, and their passing experiences of their loved ones. That one hit me the other thing that hit me so the two in total the other one that hit me was the andrew garfield catching mj scene because although i had not seen that scene although i have not seen both the movies that he's in i've only seen about half of the first it still resonated with me they were still able to communicate what they needed to communicate for me to get an emotional response out of that so actually well okay yeah i, I, I totally get where your speculation was coming from because it sh like theoretically speaking that should I should have just been like, you know, bored out of my mind, theoretically speaking. But that one scene also got me too. I would recommend um it's on it's on it's on somewhere, Netflix or something. Mm. Watch or it's just just Google that YouTube that scene. Watch the Gwen scene. Sure. I mean, the Gwen relationship, uh, Brianne and I were talking about this like an hour and a half ago. The Gwen Stacy Peter Parker relationship. The Toby Maguire or uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Sure. Without really sitting down and figuring out, like making a, a fully comprehensive list, I I would argue that on screen relationship top five, easily top five, maybe top three. on-screen chem romantic chemistry relationships, period. Mm. Not just superhero films, period. They're just so good. <laughs> and so, and you're just rooting for them the whole time. <laughs> and so when, when he loses his girlfriend and, and he blames himself and he like, oh, so watch that scene at bare minimum, I think you should watch both movies, but at bare sure. minimum, watch that scene. Sure. And then find the same shitty YouTube camera <laughs> in the theater version of that moment from No Way Home and watch that immediately afterwards and tell me if it gives, if it adds to the impact. Hmm. Because I think it will. I'm, I am intrigued. Yeah. 
What, um, I, what I will say, and I, we're kind of, you've hinted at this with the, you know, things that have built up in the past and then paying off in this film. I, I will say, mere, like, opposite to you, how Andrew Garfield is your Spider-Man, I've made it clear on this show, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. And that's just yep. a difference of opinion. I think we can we can agree to disagree on that. And what I will say is every millisecond that Tobey Maguire was on screen for this film, like I'm not even just saying I enjoyed it. I had an actual physical smile on my face. Yeah. Like ear, I, like literally I could feel it ear to ear. Because and, it felt exactly like it, it was like it was just yesterday. Oh. And, like they, they oh. he stepped both of them. I mean, oh. and again, I can I can speak for Andrew. They stepped, and the villains even, like Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. It was like everyone had just wrapped playing. Like, right. It was like they had just played them yesterday, and they were just coming back the very next day to play them again. What they didn't I, miss a beat. You weren't like, oh yes. yeah, that's yeah. Tobey Maguire as Spider Man, but. <laughs> But the mannerisms aren't quite there. No. Or whatever. No, they no were that there. was that was them. Yes. And so here's the thing. My point of bringing this up is not to just explain say hey I'm opposite to you this is my Spider-Man this is your Spider-Man because the thing is even though Andrew Garfield is not my Spider-Man and I've not seen those movies everything that he brought to this film Andrew Garfield that is I absorbed like i appreciated it so i'm sure there's subtle nuances that went over my head but still for the bulk of it i understood it and my point of all this is it's not a hot take really it's just a personal opinion i think i understand what the the climax scene in the most um uh now I'm thinking of of our our friend Marshall, and I don't want to ruin another movie it, while reviewing this movie. But there were some scenes in the 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 new Ghostbusters film that came out this year that I think went over my head because I was not a Ghostbusters for lifer, and right. I understood them and I appreciated them to a degree. But there was a line in the sand, and I enjoyed it to that line, and then I just kind of stopped at that point. This is how my equivalent of this, of you know my experience, there there was this buildup of previous films that came to a head, but I was able to cross that line. And I think it's obviously due to my interest in Spider-Man more. I'm not comparing the two series and saying one is better than the other. But for this one, this for me personally was just so hit home. But also, it hit home for the elements that I wasn't even familiar with, and I, that is a credit to this film. Yeah, totally. Totally. Man. I'm really glad you brought up Ghostbusters for two reasons. Sure. One, it means I didn't and can't be, can't be blamed for bringing Ghostbusters up. Listen, if we're um, on the same thing, I'll bring up Hacksaw Ridge as well. But yeah, yeah. Well, Andrew Garfield, you know, yeah. same same actor. Um, but uh, but I do have I do have a comparison. Mm. Um, every time I see a movie that is a that has a that plays heavily on the nostalgia strings, um, and therefore has a big fan service element to it. So in Ghostbusters, it would be any of the moments that had the original cast. Sure. 
Um, and there's probably other, there, there are other examples. I can't think of them right now. Damn it. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of another example. I, either hmm. way, it doesn't really matter. Sure. Um, but in this one, clearly it's Toby and Andrew. Is, is that nostalgia fan service moment? Of course. And, you, and well, and the villains. And the villains. Just all, all of the cast returning. And every time there's one of those movies, Ghostbusters included, and we talked about this in our Ghostbusters review, I am always, you know, I always walk away from it with, with a healthy, reasonable understanding that, yes, you know what? I, I didn't get as much of that fan service as I would have liked, but I understand why, because, you know, you have to use it sparingly. And there's, you know, it's not their movie and there's a, there's a different story. There's a new story that's being told here Mm. and they're just kind of there as like a nice nod or a nice cameo, but not as, right, not as, Mm. you know, yeah. Yeah. I did not feel that at all walking out of this movie. I walked out of this movie and I was like, you have, you have sustained me. (laughs) You have, you have given me everything I need, everything I wanted, you've given me a lot more than I wanted. Mm. A lot more than I could have imagined. <laughs> and, and cause this is a movie for the fans. Oh yeah, for sure. Hands down. And it was so refreshing cause there's moments in this movie. I love the moment where Willem Dafoe is talking about, you know, everyone's like, you know, talking about what they can contribute and how they can help out and stuff. Mm. And Willem Dafoe says to Peter, to Tom Holland Peter, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Oh. And there was, la- and I laughed and there was laughter in the theater. And I was so, it was so refreshing to hear that other laughter because I was like, oh my God, I am in a room of people who are, who are as big of fans as I am. <laughs> and that doesn't happen often. Because right. I am, because the things that I am a fan of, be it Star Wars, be it the MCU, be it Batman, I am a mega fan. I, yeah. I, fandom is a big thing for me. I really, really latch onto that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not normally, or Back to the Future, what have you. I'm not sure. normally in a room with other people who, you know, I'm, I'll be showing yeah. this, these films to people and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And they appreciate it, but they don't care on the level yeah. that I care. Oh. A lot of the people in that room, not everybody, but a lot of the people in that auditorium cared on the level that I cared. Sure. Maybe more. Probably. Maybe more. Yeah. Right? Like there were people in, my, in our showing dressed like in head to toe spider gear. Oh, for sure. In a Spidey suit. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like, I hadn't even... That wouldn't have even crossed my mind. And I was was just... I rejoiced in that. Made me so happy. What I want to say anecdotally here is... I I saw this film with someone, and you're aware of this. And there were were these times that you spoke about that were little subtle nods or, you know touches from previous films that kind of surfaced here and obviously a lot of them spoke to me and then the ones from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man era really spoke to me and I was caught in this awkward in between of like I don't want to be whispering to the person next to me like oh my goodness can you believe what he just said but also 
it was so like it was such a monumental fun film to watch that I'm like specifically the scene you're talking about with with Mr. Osborne I'm like I can't let this go by so all these sequences would happen and it finally just came to the point of like I'd poke the person I saw this movie like with and you know it was just a poke to like oh my gosh did they say what I what I just heard them say yeah and that was that was like the iceberg moment like that was one of the ones that i'm like this is so perfect and by the end of the movie there were so many moments that the person i saw with said dude you're a little too touchy like holy hell but i mean (laughs) it's (laughs) spider-man 3 so (laughs) did he really he did uh it's so funny but knowing (laughs) him knowing him um and his level of fandom and and right. and his knowledge about this type of thing when you he there's not a single one of those beats that he would have missed like oh, you would have you would have poked not. him and he would have been like smiling and nodding and like <laughs> you know right yep. right in it right yeah. in it yeah. oh man it's so glorious and there was you could tell in our theater yeah there were varying levels of fandom um because there was a lot of spidey moments that everyone got and that was cool and that was refreshing you could tell there were fewer people. There were definitely there were definitely people excited to see Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock Daredevil, right? Um, but there was a lot of people who didn't get it. There's mm. a lot of people who had no idea who that was. Yep. Um, it, it and just, that's an I was that's a perfect example of the viewing experience I had. I was the didn't know about it. The person I saw it with was well aware. Right. Yeah. So from the Netflix Daredevil series, mm. which is interesting. And it's another really interesting thing because, and I'm going to talk about something from an, from a TV show that is currently airing right now, so it could be considered a spoiler. However, it's one of those water cooler shows that you watch and everyone talks about week to week, and it's been in headlines everywhere, so it's kind of not a spoiler at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so in this movie, um, Charlie Cox's Daredevil shows up. And what's really fascinating about that is is Daredevil was one of several shows on Netflix by Netflix, um, Agents of Shield, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and then they all kind of came together in their own little Avenger thing called The Defenders. And these shows were at best MCU adjacent. Mm. Um, so there would be, you know, the, the episodes that came out sort of right after age of Ultron, maybe there'd be a reference on the, on the TV in the background and they'd be talking, you know, there'd be some news thing about what just happened in, in Sokovia, or there'd be like, you know, yada, yada. You never had Tony Stark show up in any of these episodes. Mm. You never had, you know, yada, whatever. Sure. Um, but they did reference the movies. Um, and so it, it was, it was like, it was kind of, it felt like it was supposed to be sort of a soft version of what the Disney plus shows are now. Sure. But then a bunch of those shows got canceled. Stuff kind of fizzled out. Daredevil was an excellent show, but a lot of stuff fizzled and, and, and got canceled and it slowly just kind of got released or became accepted. Um, I'm not sure whether that was an announcement from Kevin Feige or what it was, but basically they were just retconning those shows. Hmm. Um, so they were they were they're fun. They're there. They exist, but they're not a part of canon. Right. They don't they don't hold any bearing. 
But now Charlie Cox is in the in the MCU officially as Matt Murdock. <laughs> and so it raises questions about, okay, is Charlie Cox playing the Daredevil that we know? Or is this a different version of the character just by the same actor? Hmm. And so this the actor, so the 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 villain in Daredevil. This is the spoiler for for something else. The villain in Daredevil is Wilson Fisk or Kingpin. Now, Kingpin, if you know Spider-Man comics, if you know Daredevil, if you know, you know, just Marvel as a whole, Kingpin is a very famous kind of Lex Luthor type guy, kind of not, kind of like Lex Luthor meets the Godfather. So he's like a, he's a crime lord, you know, typically isn't, he's not the villain himself. He's typically the guy behind things. Sure. Um, But also is, is big and scary and, you know, would, could crush your head with his fist type (laughs) of thing. Um, Like literally, like physically, you know, in the comics sometimes. He's in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And in Spider-Man Into Mm. the Spider-Verse, he basically has the the structure of a hippopotamus. Like he's just a, he's just a tank. (laughs) Um, The character Kingpin just showed up in the most recent episode of Hawkeye. Played huh. by the actor who played it in the Daredevil show. Huh. So again, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And we won't know until this coming week what that means. If it's the same characters or if they're different versions of the same characters. A lot of people out there are tending to think they're different versions. Hmm. And that kind of works with this multiverse thing. You know, it was fun when I was going back and rewatching Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies leading into this. Because every time, so I, I would watch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, and then I would watch the Mark Webb Spider-Man movies. And in the past, I would probably watch these and I would think to myself, well, it's a different series. It's an all different thing. It's not connected. There's no whatever. And going into this movie, even into No Way Home, even before I knew Toby and Andrew were in it, when hmm. I knew that the villains were going to be in it, all of a sudden I was able to look at it and say, no, these are just, this is just the, this is just the spider, this is just the story of Spider-Man from another universe, hmm. from an alternate reality. Hmm. And it was so cool to me that I was like, you know, this can be a part of the MCU if I want it to be. And like, and, and because there's no harm in that, because there's an infinite number of universes, you can have anything you want be part of, you know, for your own fandom, your own imagination can be just a part of another universe. And it has no, no precedence if Marvel doesn't want it to. Hmm. Right. So like, for example, coming up down the pipeline, since, Marvel and Disney acquired Fox. Well, Disney acquired Fox, which means Marvel has access to, you know, yada, yada. (laughs) Um, The MCU, Marvel, has not only regained the rights to the Fantastic Four, they've regained the rights to the X-Men. Hmm. Now, when the X-Men get introduced to the MCU, and make no mistake, (laughs) they will... (laughs) 
you will see Wolverine in the MCU. Hmm. He won't be played by Hugh Jackman. Oh, no. It'll be an all it'll be an all new cast. All new cast. But there's no harm. There's no harm. The next time you sit down to watch the 2000 movie X-Men to think to yourself, these are just the X-Men from another universe. Hmm. This is just how it went down <laughs> on a different earth. Sure. And, and that's, that's so fun to me. It's so fun. And it's just one of those, you know, much like having those people come into this, this movie, um, having the villains and Toby and Andrew come into this movie. The, the Charlie Cox thing, the daredevil thing is lit. It, again, it's Kevin Feige just saying, Everything that you think is too bold or too crazy for us to do, we'll do it. <laughs> we will do it. We There's nothing that we are above. And that's so exciting. It opens such a realm of possibility. It really does open up some doors. So much. So much. <laughs> <sighs> what about that fan service moment when... when all three Spider-Men agree to work together mm. or like did they, did they figure out how to work together. And then it's literally just like 30 seconds of three Spider-Men thwipping so through the air. Good. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you literally said, how about that fan service moment? And I said, which one? Like there were two and a half hours of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that was superb. I was so excited. The moment a moment I really love in this movie. And Brienne tapped my arm because I've been talking about her for weeks. She tapped my arm and she was so excited that I guessed something accurately. Oh, yes. And almost word for word yep. in, in spots. And I, I, I'd yeah. been talking about it on the podcast and I talked about it just in, in day to day for a couple of weeks. But I said, going into this movie, I was like, if Toby and Andrew are in this, I need there to be a moment where Tom Holland and, Toby and and Andrew Garfield address the fact that Tobey Maguire has organic web. Yes. And they need to have like a, that's just coming out of you kind of moment. Mm. And they did. And not only did they do that, and I was so happy that they did because yeah, you, you, you can't, you can't leave that unaddressed, <laughs> but they bring it up a second time. Like they talk about it twice and they bring it up a second time when they're at the new and improved Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, there's just like, has it, uh, does it just come out of your wrists or does it come out of anywhere else? <laughs> like it's just so, oh, it's so good. And then everything was a reference though, because he's like, yeah, you know, I have had a web block. Mm, yes. This ex you know, existential crisis that I had. My existential crisis. And then when, when it was possibly the funniest moment in the movie when, when Andrew Garfield is cracking Tobey Maguire's back. Yeah. Is, is a throwback to Spider-Man 2. Yes. When his webs kept quitting on yes. him and he like fell 50 feet several times. 50 on feet, try 50 and, stories. And he, yeah. and he had this like, oh, my back, my back. Mm. moment so he has like a sustained back injury oh and there were some <sighs> of these moments too like you're you're referring to all these moments that they were kind of playing on each other like 
specifically with the back cracking, but then also the web shooting. Some of these sequences were quite long, but they were long and they landed every single part of it to me anyway. It wasn't like a circumstance that you looked at your watch and said, wow, this has been 45 seconds of these guys kind of you know, bantering with each other, when are we going to kind of proceed here? It's like, no, no, like it's a good game of ping pong where what's going on one side is getting shot back and it's like lively and it's fun. And for me personally, I was just soaking it up. Nothing about the movie feels two and a half hours long. I will say... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it didn't feel that long to me at all. Like I... Yeah. I I was like, wow, like, are we wrapping up? Holy crap. <laughs> I will say that I, I'm pretty digging pretty deep in the weeds here to find some faults here. I will say that two birds with one stone. If I hadn't known the main plot device that Peter wanted to erase who knew him and the multiverse and Doctor Strange bit... I think that would have helped it for me because I felt like there was a little segment near the beginning that dragged a little bit for me and it was just, it felt a little well, bit. Cause contr- that's, yeah. Yeah. All the trailers were composed out of the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Well that's, that's honestly it. So I'm not sure if it's a fault of the film that it felt contrived for me or it could just be as simple as this is the one component of the film that we had ingrained in us for so long that it was like, okay, I know this part. Please show me further on. So I, you know, I'm not sure if it's just a fault of the realities of we had to know some of the plot or a, a fault of the film. But that's the only thing I would have changed. Other than that, it did not feel quite like a two and a half hour film. No. Uh, let's talk about the villains. Um, Alfred <laughs> Molina. Yeah. As Doc Ock again doesn't miss a beat. No. 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 He's plucked right from the the moment. When, you know, he's like, I, I was there and I had, I had Peter by the throat and, mm-hmm. and then I was here. Right. Yeah. And I, and that line, oh my gosh, that line, the power of the sun, the palm of my hand. Yeah. Oh. And, and Willem Dafoe. Bravo. My goodness. I was surprised. Were you surprised? To see, uh, so both Sandman and Lizard, I, there was a moment where uh, I was wondering if, like, when we first see, when Sandman's cured and we first see Thomas Hayden Church, I was mm-hmm. a little surprised. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know if we, you were going to end up giving him to us. Or hmm. if this was like just CGI and hmm. his voiceover or, or CGI and, and, you know, like they got, they couldn't get him, but they got the permission to like use his likeness and have someone do an imitation of him. Right. Um, but ultimately I was glad that we saw him. I was glad that we see lizard cured in it's, uh, Oh crap. What is his name? I forgot it the other day, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, yes, of course, that's it. I'll never forget it again. <laughs> but alas, here we are. Uh, and then Jamie Foxx, which is had a little bit of redemption himself because, you know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a picked upon villain from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. They handled him kind of clumsily mm. in that movie. Um, but he's cool in this one. 
And scary, yeah. Like, what happens when you have a villain who is all about electricity and then you stick an arc reactor on him? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have notes? You, typically, you have notes. Got a couple. A couple that I definitely want to ask your opinion on, but a couple that okay. are just comments before I get to them. Right. If, if, for me, I, like, if, we, if there's only so many spots on the life raft... And you, you can only pick so many villains to be in there. And I, I'm not critiquing. I'm not saying there were too many. I'm not saying there were too few. I'm just saying if, you know, if it's, you got to pick and choose. I think the first that I would remove for me is Lizard and uh, the Professor, just because I haven't seen that. So there's no emotional connection to me. That's just me personally. And then probably he was also Sam. very, mm, yeah, he was also very underutilized in this film. Yeah. And, and and second, I would say Sandman. If it was like, okay, you know, if we, if we had to limit the numbers, those are the two first two to go. And my point of that is not saying that they shouldn't have been here. My point of that is saying, if those kind of peripheral characters are have time for screen time, I, and this may sound greedy, this is all it is. It's greed. I'm wanting more. It's almost like this isn't enough. If we have time for those peripheral characters, I almost want... The multiverse version of James Franco and uh, Kirsten Dunst coming back, not to the same screen time plot p- plot time that all our other characters have, but like that would be the only thing for perfection for me. And heck, yeah. even Emma, well, no, but the, Gwen Stacy wouldn't make no sense because she's passed away, and you lose the significance. So scratch well, that. Well, so is uh, yeah. So you would lose the significance. I mean, as far yeah. as her dying. Oh yeah, no. Alfred can, Molina died. One hundred percent. Like they all died. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I do think. Yeah, you would have lost the significance of the MJ moment. I think there could have been. Or, like, maybe she comes through. Because, like, Tom Hardy, we don't actually see him. Some people came through, and they came through elsewhere in the world. Sure. Um, There could have been, holy, there could have been room for a mighty powerful moment after the MJ saving, towards the end, if if he saw her and then had to lose her again. Because he's going back to his own time, and she's going back to a time in which she wasn't alive. Right. Right. So I, yeah, yeah. I did think I, I thought it would be fun to see Harry. Yeah. Um, you know, and then likewise, there's a Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider Man. Oh, um, okay. And he becomes Green Goblin. Mm. And so that got that Green Goblin didn't show up. Sure. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, definitely that stuff. I kind of wanted, you know, if I were to bring someone through. Um, in addition, I, I have always disliked, so I think, I think part of the reason why May's death didn't hit for me is I've never liked this version of Aunt May. Okay. It just okay. hasn't felt like Aunt May. Sure. She's too young. She's too, like the, the, the interactions when like Tony's kind of hitting on her, that's fun. <laughs> but, but outside of that, she doesn't feel like Aunt May. Sure. And so much so that, like, and, you know, put this into perspective. So, like, do you know who played Uncle Ben and Aunt May in the Amazing Spider-Man movies? No, but I'm Googling it. Oh, yes. um, Yes. It's Sally Field yes. and, and yes. Martin Short. Yeah. Or Martin Sheen. Yes. Not Martin Short. That's Martin a Short. whole different. <laughs> Martin Sheen. Um, And people have speculated, you know, because one of the things was, one of the rumors was, what if... um. What if we see Uncle Ben in No Way Home? Oh. Like Tom Holland's Uncle Ben. Yes. And 
there was speculation that it could, there was rumors, there was, and I don't know where this rumor started or how it started, but there was a rumor that Uncle Ben was going to be played by Matthew McConaughey. And it oh. sounds, it oh. sounds ridiculous, oh. but he'd be the right age. And when you realize that Matthew McConaughey would be the right age to play Uncle Ben, maybe even a little too old, you're like, uh, yeah, okay, something about this age dynamic. Mm. Although, I mean, there was always something weird, too, like Tobey Maguire's in high school and and his Aunt May is how old? Like, yeah, what, that, that's a big age gap <laughs> for an aunt, and a, you know. But that's her age in the comics. She's always this older, frail. But, oh, my God. Pete, you have to watch The Amazing Spider-Man. I Sally will. Field I think as I will. Aunt May. She is incredible. Her interactions with Peter are so funny. Hmm. Are so funny and so good. It's oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I would have, you know, I would have maybe I would have wondered what it was like to bring someone like that through. Um Let me actually let me counterpoint cuz I think I'm I'm convinced that I don't want to rock the boat and bring these characters back in the film that we saw. I agree with you. What I will say is I I don't know how I feel about a post-credit scene being essentially a trailer. What I would say is what if that was swapped out with a an insert I don't know, we'd have to kind of, you know, chalk it out and figure it out, but maybe you have some scene where either one of these two things happened. One, you know, you have James Franco, you have Kirsten Dunst, you have some of these peripheral characters and they somehow are interacting somewhere else in a fun but not significant to the plot kind of way. Or, totally aside, just as a thing I think would be a fun, fun um, post-credit scene, there should have been some some combination of the three of them, that is Tobey Maguire, um, Tom Holland, no, yeah, Tom Tom Holland? Tom Holland and yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield eating shawarma and Toby Maguire says, <laughs> guys, never go emo. Just <laughs> let me tell you, yeah. it's not worth it. That's good. You know, if you're going to bring people from the Sam Raimi Spider-Verse in. Sure. Uh, I think you start with Mr. Dickovich. I think <laughs> I think there's just a moment where, where Peter's about to go do something. <laughs> Like Tobey Maguire is about to, you know, they're at the Statue of Liberty, and then all of a sudden, just as he's about to throw a punch, you hear, rent. Rent? Well, okay, 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 okay. Hold the phone, hold the phone. I thought that Tom Holland's Spider-Man was living in the exact apartment from Spider-Man 2, and it it wasn't. But It's not. not. But there was like a millisecond where it was like, dumpy apartment, you yeah, hear I wondered. The landlord saying, "Yo, don't miss the rent first yeah. first of the month it's yeah. due." Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. No, but it is. It's. It, but I think it's a testament to the amazing or not amazing Spider Man. Oh, there's too many Spider Man movies I we're know, talking about. It's a testament to Spider Man Two because it is a very Spider Man apartment. Like oh yeah, from the comics for sure, from the video games, from whatever. It's it it's got the feel, sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's fun. That's so fun. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I kind of wondered too. I was like, ah, you know, if you're gonna bring all these people in, it'd be it'd be really great. Bruce Campbell should show up somewhere in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just yeah. as kind of like a things are bleeding over type thing. 
something before any of this ever happened. Um, people were talking about this forever ago. Before there was mention of this movie, it might have been back in like the homecoming days hmm. or something. Back when we were like, well, who is, you know, there was no idea of bringing previous Spider-Man oh, universes no. into this. Yeah. And someone made a really interesting point. They're like, Marissa Tomei plays Aunt May. And she's what? I don't know. In her 40s? Sure. Maybe 50. Late 40s? Maybe yeah. 50. It wouldn't have been, and I'm glad they didn't because then this movie wouldn't have been possible. It would have been such a fun thing, though, and it wouldn't have been out of the question. If Marissa Tomei is your Aunt May, it would not have been out of the question to have Tobey Maguire be your Uncle Ben. (laughs) And that would have been something so special. Yeah. You know, to have him tell Tom Holland, with great power comes great responsibility. But then, then we wouldn't have had that magical moment. Then we wouldn't have had this movie at all. Yeah, and that you know, oh. and that's that's fine. I want to ask you, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, moving forward? Mm. So, I, I was wrong. I I had predicted you and I had been talking about this stuff. There will be some people out there listening to this who are surprised that I'm able to admit that I'm wrong, ever. <laughs> but I'm doing it. <laughs> Listen up, Mom. Um, They did not use this film to exit Tom Holland from the MCU. Correct. Which is, yeah. But something still, I don't know. So hear me out and try to patch this together because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to throw some facts your way and then I want your appraisal of the situation. They're building up over at Sony. They're building up this Venom universe, the the Venom verse, with Venom, with Morbius, with now the talks. There's the Craven the Hunter film coming with Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson playing Craven. Are you taking notes? Are you listening? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So they're building this universe. And there's some bleed through. We don't know yet. So it seems like maybe some, I don't know, maybe when Doctor Strange closed this spell. So because things, it's seemingly at the end of this film, everything worked out okay. But sure. we see from the, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer, oh, no, 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 it didn't. Um, there's there's ramifications. Like, it's still we're still kind of botched here. Hmm. Um, the multiverse is still an issue. But Frank Toomes, who is played by Michael Keaton in Homecoming, The Vulture, he's in the Morbius trailers it's, as Frank Toomes. Oh, right. An MCU character over in the Venomverse trailers. Tom Hardy, at the end of his... Um, Venom Let There Be Carnage movie in the post credit scene he gets sucked into the MCU in the mid credit scene of this film we see the ramifications of that we see he's sitting at a bar somewhere and he's learning about who the Avengers are he gets in a fight in a fight with Venom and he leaves he hmm. gets sucked but you know like the timeline catches up with him and everyone goes back home and we see him go home 
but a piece of the symbiote stays. Obviously hinting that thing's going to attach itself to Peter at some point. So I'm, I just don't know. I have zero predictions Mm. and, 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 and we have this, we have this Peter who's so poised Hmm. to leave. MJ doesn't know who he is. Ned Mm. doesn't know who he is. There's no Aunt May. There's no Uncle Ben. None of the Avengers. Nobody knows Peter Parker even exists. Mm. We don't know that Peter Parker is the name on his lease for his apartment. Yeah, that's true. But he's there, and he's got this really slick, metallic, blue new Spidey suit. Hmm. Really slick-looking new suit. Hmm. that he's flipping through over Rockefeller's plaza at the, the end of this movie. And I I just, I don't know. I don't know where they're going next. I was kind of, I'm excited by the, the notion that he's still in the MCU. Sure. They've, Tom Holland, everyone, Amy Pascal, who's the, the head cheese over there at... Um, at Sony and Kevin Feige, who's the head cheese over here at Marvel, <laughs> has been talking about how this film is the end of the Homecoming trilogy. Mm. It is the culmination of those films. Mm-hmm. There's been talks that someone somewhere isn't done making Spider Man movies with Tom Holland. So maybe there's another trilogy coming. A lot of the assumption was okay, that's going to happen over at Sony because Sony's going to take him back now because the contract is up and. Mm. You know, if they've made such a, they've made such a valuable property out of Tom Holland Spider Man now, why wouldn't Sony want to just take it back and use it for themselves? Hmm. Um, but he seems like he's staying. But they also seem like there's kind of like with with Michael Keaton showing up over there and a piece of the Venom symbiote staying here. Like it seems like they're really blurring those lines a bunch still. Hmm. And and I was kind of ready for him to go over just because there's been a couple of things in this universe. I'm like, okay, yeah, Michelle Jones Watson. But where's MJ? Hmm. Where is Mary Jane Watson? We need a we need a Mary Jane Watson. And so I just kind of thought like, and then, but I don't know how you would do that because even if he was like, okay, now I got stuck in another universe and I'm going to now go out with this universe's version of MJ, Mm -hmm. that's a little weird. That's a little like, you know, that's a little weird. So anyways, all of this information, everything I've thrown at you, (laughs) where is this going in your, where would you guess? If you had to say, this is what I think they're going to do with Spider-Man. This is what I think they're setting up. This is what I want to see next. This is what I'm curious about. What, What does that look like? Hmm. You know, I, I'm fine with either way that it goes, and I honestly, you know, my guess is as good as anyone's. I'm, I would be content if this is literally it for the Tom Holland um, adventure. I don't want it to be the end, but I'd be okay if this, like, if, if you got to go out, this is one heck of a way to do it. Um, and to think that, like, we had a podcast episode within the last couple of years when there was that whole dispute that we weren't even sure if we were getting this film. So for me, yeah. this is like, I'm playing with house money. The fact that this was a film that I saw today, whatever happens, happens is my point. 
And this, I honestly, this, this film was the Force Awakens of Star Wars. This film was not <laughs> supposed to. This film was never going to happen. Right. <laughs> We're on borrowed time. Well, it's it's more like the return of no, the rise of no, the rise of Skywalker of Spider Man because you know. Yeah, you yeah. had the two leading up to it, and then they said, "Never mind, it's not going to happen." Sure, but he, same, so in his in his contract, he still set up. I think Marvel is in the current contract can still not make a Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. but use him in another film. Mm. So maybe he's going to show up in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it's. It's honestly hard to say. Like, I'd be okay with any fl- any flavor of whether it's a another feature film of him in the MCU, whether he's kind of like pulls the, you know, you know Iron Man where he's in every other film, but not the key character. You know, I'd be fine with anything. I'd be fine if it all stopped. Like, you know, I, I am so content with what happened. Um, we'll see. I, I think he'll be back, though. If I had to, If I was a betting man, I think he'll be back. Yeah. You know what this film did that no uh, that that Spider-Man 3 and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 weren't able to do. What? Give Toby and Andrew a send-off. Yes. Give them yes. closure because there was going to be a Spider-Man 4. Ugh. There was going to be an Amazing Spider-Man 3. Right? When they mm. made those films, when each of those last films in that series were made, that was never supposed to be their send-off. It was sure. never supposed to be the end. So they both feel like they just kind of end abruptly. Like there's stuff to come. It's going places, especially the Amazing Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. you'll watch the Amazing Spider-Man 2 and you'll be like, wait, wait, what? Where, where, <laughs> where, where was this going? What right. show me I would show me show me what happens next. Sure. Um, kind of like the Zack Snyder Justice League. Mm. When it ended, and you're like, oh, clearly he was setting up something massive that is now not going to happen hmm. Hmm. um so yeah so this just kind of gave it a nice clean rounded the one the one here's a criticism sorry before you say the criticism a clean rounded ending that i am no longer crying over the spilt milk of spider-man 4 not occurring i've always wanted it and i still would take it but i don't i no longer am as sad about it because i think it wouldn't have been as emotionally impactful as what we saw well but apparently it never did happen because because this is my criticism my criticism is is there's a scene there was a, a scene sitting on top of the statue of liberty that could have taken advantage of our imaginations and it could have like made us wonder and and speculate and and fantasize but instead it was just used as a plot device to bring thanos into the conversation it's when they're sitting there and he's like so what kind of villains have you guys faced right and toby's like well you know i fought a black alien once (laughs) and toby or andrew's like i fought a guy in a rhino suit Mm. okay Andrew, but that was seven years ago. (laughs) Hold the phone, Toby. It's been 15 years. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Tell me about someone else. You don't have to, you know, you just be like, oh, yeah, I fought this guy named Vulture. 
and be like, oh, okay, so Toby ended up having his mm. universe ended up having a vulture. Yeah. And Tom Holland could be like, no way, like you know, yeah, like I've I've I fought a vulture, hmm. right? Or or st- you know, just stuff like yeah. that. Or Mysterio, right? And and Tom Holland would be like, oh God, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even. Don't I don't I don't ever want to hear the name Mysterio ever again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so like, it just felt that that moment fell flat for me. Hmm. But. That's fair. Did you have more questions? Other things written? Yeah, I, I think before we go into scoring it, there are two questions that I want to ask you. Okay. The one is, I think, brief. The second is maybe hard to answer. Okay. But the first is the whole, how do you feel about Peter not pursuing those that he cared about to try and rekindle? And I, I understand the the what we that what we saw was the more emotionally significant like this is how you end a film to make us you know more emotionally impacted but also part of me wonders if that was a little bit conflicting with um just you know not being the lone wolf but also like just embracing his relationships and you know in any of the universes peter parker is partly you know who he interacts with and who he loves and although yeah it can bring them danger he's a stronger better person for it so part of me felt a little bit left down and i think we all do but first question is how do you feel about that the second question the bigger picture question the question that i drove out of the parking lot going i someone have to has to prove to me otherwise is this the best mcu film or at least in the top three Interesting. Can I throw can I throw a, a third question back at you? Of course. Is this the best Spider-Man movie or yes. at least in the top 3? Yep. Easily. I and when I was thinking about reviewing and rewatching the other ones, which I do plan on doing it, I wonder if my newfound appreciation for this film takes away a little bit of something for specifically me, the same Sam Raimi Spider-Man's just because I'll watch them and I'll go love them emotionally connected to them. Cause I grew up with them, but the payoff for them, which you need these films to do doesn't necessarily come to full bloom until this newer, newer chapter. Yeah. I, I want to say that, that I think this is the best one, Yeah, but I, I'm also, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be objective. And so sure. I need to let this one settle yeah. a little. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, this is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Sure. And then I'm like, but am I just, am I just still high from it? Like, am I just like. The recency bias. Yeah. Yeah. Am I just like, oh, it's so good. So good. Oh my God. It's the best <laughs> movie I've ever seen. And then, you know, like a couple of weeks later, you see a new movie. You're like, oh, it's the best Matrix movie I've ever seen. So good. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Right. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I want to let it sit a little bit. Um, your first That's question, I, you know, I, it's definitely an interesting, it's definitely, you're right. It's the most emotional impactful. There's three ways they could have had it play out. One, the way they did, which is, I think is the most emotional, impactful, whatever. Two, there's, for some reason, the power of love conquers magic and she 
a couple seconds after seeing him, the spell wears off and she knows it's him because mm. it's meant to be. Yep. And I think that would have been the most satisfying Ooh. ending. Um, yeah. Because you're like, okay, I, I, you know, and everything's good and the end. Right. Nothing. Nothing's different. You don't need any explanation. Everything's no. good in the end. No, no. You can even leave Ned out of it. Ned be like, what? Who is this guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Screw, screw Ned. Ned's screw Ned. off. Screw Ned. Um, or there's the one where he does what he says he was going to do, and he, he just you know starts from ground zero. Um, and that ends, and it's probably the least satisfying ending because you're like, well, then how does this go? Like, show me more. Is she, does she accept this? Does she not accept it? Like, you know, what does that look like? Um, I'll tell you what I would have done <laughs> if hmm. I were him. I wouldn't hmm. have done, I think, I think what he did is noble, but I wouldn't have done what he did. Um, and maybe that's weakness, but I, I would have, I, I don't think I would have, I'm too selfish. I would want <laughs> MJ back. Um, especially this, this, M, she's such a sweetheart. Like, mm -hmm. she's an amazing character, and, like, you know, she's... it. Okay, hands down, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> Brienne and I just rewatched all the Spider-Man movies. Sure. And having done that, between Zendaya and, and, and Tom Holland, mm -hmm. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire... The Kirsten Dunst Tobey Maguire is by far our least favorite romance. We're like, no, this hmm. is no. Okay, no. Okay, I'm so ja I'm so excited to hear what you think of Gwen Stacy. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, and so it, it, I, it's tough too because like, as I love Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, I also have an appreciation appreciation for Emma Stone and uh, Andrew Garfield. So I feel like it's destined to succeed to at least some degree right yeah um so how what do i think of it i mean i think it's a good ending i think it's i think it is the ending that opens the door to the most possibility moving forward it unchains him from any like they've given him a blank slate they can do anything with him now Hmm. Because he doesn't have any of those ties. So, is it what I would have done if I were Spider-Man? No. Of course. But this is because <laughs> I somehow convinced Zendaya to go out with me in the first place. And so, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to try to do it again. Um, how do I feel about it? I was fine with it. I was sad. It was a sad ending. Mm -hmm. um, another moment that made me emotional in the movie is when he's saying goodbye to them. Oh, but I see, but I yeah. also don't understand, you know, you're going to forget me. But don't worry, I'm going to stand right here and then explain mm. it to you. Why, 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 why am I going to find you? <laughs> right. I'm going to, I'm going to go away now and then you'll forget me and then I'll come find you. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like what what could what could did leaving do right in that moment i don't know um the second question so i mean we have to look at what are the contenders sure um you know you've got things like your first avengers mm -hmm. uh the winter soldier hmm. civil war hmm. thor ragnarok 
um, Infinity War, Endgame. I know you haven't seen it yet, but Shang-Chi. Right, yeah, I've heard good things. I, I would put on that on that list. Yeah. I'm going to say top three, yes. Sure. Definitely top three. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm not ready to rule it out as number one. Sure. But again, I want to let I want to let the dust settle. That's logical. Yeah. If it's not number one, I think it's number two. Sure. And we're not talking my favorite MCU movie. We're talking the best MCU movie. Sure. And if it's if it's second, it's second only to Endgame. Hmm. What are your thoughts? You made some interesting points. I think the only one that's ringing a bell is Thor Ragnarok. And yep, that's fair. I'd have to watch Endgame again. As blasphemous as this sounds, I mean, and it's not blasphemous. It's just more. It it relays my my MCU com- commitment level. I've seen Endgame once. I need to see it again to see if it does hold up as far as being top three, which I'm sure it's at least top five, but. Uh, when I go through the titles, I think it, I agree. It's too soon for me to say Spider-Man three is the best of the MCU films, but I think it has a good chance of being in the, the number one. And I can safely say it's top three. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, 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 him not telling them thing to me? Like, it, yeah, I just, and also <sighs> like you promised, you yeah. just effing promised. I think it's it's ultimately what happens is going to change how we feel about it because if this is the, if, if this is it then we're going to be a little bit disappointed personally but you know if if they appear and his words his promises do come true then that changes the context of what eventually is the whole story so I don't I don't know <laughs> were you were you looking you were looking for my answer to help form your own opinion i'm you're like i don't know what to think what do you think tell me what to think what do i, I what i honestly i think i'm just i'm not even wanting the artistic high road i really did just want him to to follow through he had yeah. written his game plan do it i mean yeah. you're you're a richer person with the relationships that you mean so much to you. And even just with happy, like I, I wanted him to, as a human being to say, we have a shared interest in this human being that has passed away. And there's more connections that I want to make with you. And then when he walked away, I was a little bit sad that that's not what he's going to do. Yeah. And I was a little confused by that moment because it was like, how did you know her? I knew knew her through Spider-Man. Right. (laughs) Well, how did May know Spider-Man? Right. If, like... Didn't know Peter Parker. Didn't know Peter Parker. Yeah. But again, and, you have to chalk it up to magic, right? I mean... Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess. I don't know. And so everyone, everyone's just been working with Spider-Man all this... Because everyone still remembers Spider-Man. Yes. All of the Avengers will remember Spider-Man. They just don't remember Peter Parker. Mm. And so they've all gone this long working with Spider-Man and nobody, he's never taken his mask off. Sure. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. That felt like it, you know, anyways. (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else, sir? Really quickly, two things. The soundtrack for me from beginning to end was an absolute banger. Both from like the actual like 
what would be deemed like the official soundtrack of like the orchestral orchestral stuff and then like pop culture songs that were mixed throughout and, and then the, the moments when the scores from the Sam oh, Raimi and the Mark Webb yes. one are intertwined. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is that's an example of something that went over my head. For me, it was specifically the Sam Raimi soundtrack riffs because I wouldn't have recognized the other ones. But exactly, yeah. exactly right. And listen, well, I mean, I'm going to use this as a bit of a plug for Lost. The, the soundtrack was by Michael Giacchino, which, although we can't agree on Lost, he his resume for film soundtracks... This is a poster boy for it, but there are like he has some very good credentials as far as soundtracks that he's done. And sure. this was just another example. Anytime you have an MCU movie that has bits of music in it that were written by Danny Elfman. Yeah, here you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. But my, my last point, and this is just very summary heavy, I personally was so refreshed that we had this rich plot point of not just trapping villains and returning them. And I think that's where a little bit dragged on for me at the beginning, because I had a bit of dread. I'm like, oh no, what is this two and a half hours going to be about? And quite quickly, it turned into, no, no, Peter, don't worry. There is significance to why this is happening. And especially when all the stuff goes wrong and, you know, Aunt May dies, it the, the theme of this isn't for nothing keeps stemming up. And all, all starts with the whole point of Aunt May wanting to do more, wanting to help everyone. So everything was richly motivated, is my point. And it was just sure. incredibly refreshing. So it wasn't just two and a half hours of, of fan service. Like, it was quite a fun plot. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <sighs> is it time? I think so. On a scale of zero to ten, sir, oh where do you rank Spider-Man no effing way home? Because <laughs> the whole time, the whole, like, I feel like it shouldn't be called Spider-Man no way home. It should be called Spider-Man no effing way. I mean, because every time something happens on the screen, you're like, no effing way. My first, you asked if I had any more notes. My Literally my first note that I wrote after the film finished was holy effing shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like wow. Exactly. I said I sent I sent a message to the guy you saw it with and I sure. was like, "So, what do you think of the movie?" <laughs> or 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 should I call it Marvel's love letter to the fans saying, "Hey, by the way, nothing is off the table." Right. 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 Oh. So, I I have two rating scales, my personal one. What what worth is it to put effort into? Quite clearly, this is the definition of go to the theater to see the movie. It's worth it. It's worth it to the effort level to pay the money. That's my point. But also the experience was amazing. I'm trying to think the last movie experience that was this anticipated for me and paid off. And I'm I'm drawing a lot of blanks. The Revenant was big for me because I'm a big Leo fan and it eventually led to an Oscar. But it wasn't the payoff like it was three hours of like right like misery Artistic. yeah and maybe inception was the last time just because there was so much hype and it's a leo wow. film and like at the time it was such a big deal I, I i'm trying to think of other comps but for me not this, like force awakens not not from beginning to end not from beginning to end 
Maybe The Last right. Jedi, because you and I both liked it a bit more. But again, not to the same uh, degree. Rise of Skywalker. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did I say? We The Last Jedi. Oh, sorry. No, The the Rise of Skywalker. Sorry. Uh, maybe so. like your, uh, your favorite <laughs> MCU movie there, Thor The Dark World. You Dude. know? What Not a Freudian slip that I said the last Jedi. Like, good lord. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm just trying to think of an exact comparable, and not one's come to mind. So that's going to be a fun thing to think about. I want to find a comp on a scale cool. of zero to ten. Throughout, this is another shout out to Marshall. Throughout watching this film, from about ten minutes in till the end, there were times where my thought process would skip towards what am I going to score this out of ten. And there's indications for that. And that's either the movie is so piss poor that you're like, get this thing over with and I can't wait to give it a crap score. Or this movie is flying so close to the sun. How am I going to score it? And is it close to a 10? And I will say I'm not going to give it a 10. I it, There were things that I thought of that weren't perfect. So therefore, by definition, it's not a 10. And also, it's just so recent that I saw it that it would be irresponsible to give it a 10. But I'm going to give it a 9 today. And I think that I can stick with this 9. And I'll be interested to see when I watch it again if I stick with the 9. But I can quite confidently say this was a 9 out of 10. And I stand by it. All right. And your other your other ranking system? Uh, I gave it like a score that like go see it in theater. It's the highest tier possible. Oh, it's, it's nine across the board. Yeah. Yeah. What dare I ask? Okay. So, so what do you give it out of 10 and has it changed between viewings? Right. Okay. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, the first, so I have two different scores for two different viewings. Interesting. My first score would be 9.6. I love, love that it's not a 10, but how close it is to a 10. Yeah, it was 9.6 because I was like, you know what? This is so damn good. um, (laughs) It it is unfathomably, um, like, I just, I don't know how to put into words what I experienced. Hmm. Like it doesn't, it's still, it seems like a fan film. It doesn't seem real. And you know, how like when you see a movie in the theater and it's like, oh, it's a projection. So it's like a little bit darker and like the image itself isn't like super bright and vibrant all sure. the time. Sure. And it's certainly not 4K. So I'm like, I can't wait to get this thing on my TV in 4K and be like, yep, there he is. There's Toby. <laughs> there's Andrew. They're actually just a part of this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. So 9.6, but I was like, you know what? There's There are issues. Sure. There's a couple moments where I'm like, this line was awkward. This doesn't make any yeah, sense. Of course. This feels weird. Mm-hmm. Um, second viewing. Okay. And hear me out. Sure. Hear me out. Okay. The second viewing, I gave it a 9.8. And the reason I gave it a wow. 9.8 is because those issues are there, but they are so overpowered <laughs> by everything else that is so wonderful. Wow. And, and the fact it bumped up by two points because it held up on a second viewing. Because sure. I was like, oh, okay, it is actually this good. 9.8. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a big, big number. I, before it's we 98%. get into our next segment, I will say 
Like, when I was briefly, briefly, briefly entertaining the 10 out of 10 notion, I, the thought came to my head, okay, what could have been better for it to, you know, to say no, you know, what are some faults and are there things that could have been done better? And when you're talking about the different options that could have been if we had seen Tom Holland's Uncle Ben, the thing for me, and I'm 50% joking, 50% serious. The only thing that could have bumped this to a 10 out of 10 for me, like unanimously. All right, all right, all right. No, that would have been like a 9.8 out of 10. If Leonardo <laughs> okay. DiCaprio was Uncle Ben, I. Oh my God. If you had a film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire, oh my God. 10 right now. Oh. Are they not in any movies together? Well, they are The Great Gatsby, which I right, coincidentally I give a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Right. So that's that is the formula, ladies and that gentlemen. Is it. That is it. That is how you get a perfect film. Doesn't the script doesn't matter. The script doesn't no, matter. To, doesn't. Toby and Toby to- and uh, Leo. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, sir, oh. what'd you watch this week? What I watched. Okay, so I watched two things. The one is definitely not holiday related at all. I watched Wait, this is impressive because we we oh. are recording it's only it's been like half a week. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm impressed. I know. Uh, I watched, I guess it would be classified as a horror sci-fi thriller. I watched In the Earth, a 2021 film. Um, And it was an interesting premise that got me to watch it. And it kept me interested to see what would happen. But after the film ended and the mystery was gone, it was about a 5 out of 10. It was, you know, it, it, it had its potential but it really didn't exercise it but i thought it was unique that i actually watched something kind of scary and was somewhat not traumatized by it but was it recommended to you like i wonder sometimes you're like i actually i watched a uh, like all the time you'd be like this week i watched a 2017 german film about about an orphan who <laughs> discovers that his left big toe can tell the future. And uh, and it was interesting. I don't know if it holds up, really, to the... Uh, but, you know, it was it was just fascinating. And I'm like, where in the good Lord did you find the... You were like, you know, is it the... Because I know Netflix... Right. Netflix has that button where you're like, ah, screw right. it. Just, you know, I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> put whatever on is that what you're doing i i there are powers that are strong and the netflix recommend feature is is a strong power on this earth but i do belong to a, a group of friends who we on when our schedules permit watch a movie remotely together and it's uh-huh. like a voting process that is like legally binding that once that film has won, like that's it, you lock in and you watch it. So that explains some it feels of the like such a double life <laughs> to be sitting here, to be sitting here telling your your movie podcast co host about this movie group that you're a part of. <laughs> it's and like you Fight vote Club. on movies, you don't and, talk you, about and I'm it. like, oh yeah, no, that uh, wouldn't interest me. No, uh, no so that kidding. that is definitely one of those films, but um. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. The other thing I watched was less interesting, but definitely sentimental. Um, I sometimes around the holiday season I'll pick a show that I like and watch all the Christmas or holiday themed episodes. 
And I did that with The Office, just because I'm an Office fan, and it is obviously the holiday season. So I, I, I wrapped up and, you know, watched all the, the holiday episodes, and um, it, it, it was fun. It was fun. I think we talked about this in our top five, uh, ten, whatever it was, TV show mm. episode that we did. I've never seen an episode of The Office. Oh, okay. And uh, quite obviously, I'm talking about The American Office, you know. Right. But there's yeah, well, the, the distinction. I, you're, yeah, you're prejudiced, so there's... Uh, <laughs> quite obviously. Quite obviously. Quite, 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 quite. obviously. Mm-hmm. Cool. What did you watch this week? I Other believe... than Spider-Man 3, like, 14 times. 14 times. I believeth that I only had time... Well, I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Just as the final... Okay, ship boys, let's do this, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I did, and uh, I was good. And I actually finished it, finished it an hour before sitting down to watch No Way Home. So, like, it was, and it, and it was impactful. Sure. There were, the, 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 to- or the Andrew saving MJ moment was much more impactful because of the proximity with which I had watched a different scene. Um, hmm. to say the least. Hmm. Um, so I watched that, and then the only other thing I w- w- watched was last night we watched The Matrix Reloaded. Oh. Now listen, I have seen, so a couple interesting things. I've seen the first Matrix several times because I'm a good, decent human being. <laughs> the second two Matrix films, I'm sure I've only seen once, maybe twice, because... Well, who has the time for that? Because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not, okay. They're, I don't think they're as bad as the hype suggests they are. At least the, the Matrix Reloaded isn't. I have to, mm-hmm. time will tell when I watch Matrix Revolutions. Yep. Um, but they're not amazing. They're sure. not as special as that first one. Correct. Um, yep. And what's so interesting, so... The original Matrix movie came out, I don't know the month, but it was 1999. Okay, yep. Matrix Reloaded came out in February of 2003. Right, yes. Matrix 3, Matrix Revolutions or Revelations, whatever. Yep. Came out in November mm-hmm. of 2003. Came out the same year. I do like, remember this. Like eight months later. Mm-hmm. So they must have been shot like simultaneously back to back. You would and think. Then, you know. Yeah. But so I found that interesting. I also found it interesting. Me and Devin Norman. I, I was 11 years old hmm. when this movie came out. Sure. And myself and Devin Norman marched our asses down to the local <laughs> Paramount movie theater. Sure. And we got in. It's like an R, <laughs> hard R yeah. on that film. And we got in. We were 11 nice. years old. I love yeah, so I don't, I don't know what oh. that was about. Wow. They just, they just de- let that be a lesson, kids. They do not give a shit at the Paramount Theater. They were like, oh, yeah, what are we, uh, what's on the docket this week? Well, it's a, uh, it appears to be a three and a half hour loop of the drawing scene from Titanic. <laughs> oh, damn. Here come a group of children. Make sure you open the door for them because their weak little scrawny arms can't open the theater doors. Hello, boys and girls. Would you like some popcorn? Enjoy your nudity. But their Off money still like, spends the same. It's still money. It's still, yeah, yeah. A ticket is a ticket, right? 
Gosh. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh. Gosh. Um, Matrix Reloaded is a confusing movie. You know, you watch The Matrix and you think, ah, you know, this is complex. Mm. The Matrix Reloaded just blows that wide open. With, so, like, yeah. this actually being the third iter- or sixth sixth iteration of The Matrix. Sure. And the Oracle is a program and the Chosen One is a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's his job to go to the, the machine mainframe, the yep. source, and, like, yep. select the survivors. And Zion has actually been destroyed, like, five times already. Mm. And... And it's a re like they just you there's the whole conversation where Neo's standing there talking to the architect in that like room of TV screens. Yeah, that is oh, some complicated shit. There's like, yeah, even on like the fourth viewing or however many times an individual has seen it, he, the individual goes, "So what? What? Yeah, Sorry? like I'm what? Sh- I'm sure." I'm sure that when they recorded that scene, they had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> yep. This is what the script says. This is my monologue. Yep. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm. But that's all I watched. That's It's that's done. Impressive. It's done. No Way Home is in our rear view mirror. Not, I'm not even, that's not quite true. I've literally, I'm circling the calendar till uh, like when the home release is available to watch at home. And I'm, <laughs> well, pumped. no, yeah, for sure. But I mean, the hype, the no, build up, the anticipation. I'm still, I'm, I'm still living I'm still, it. The mystery, the mystery. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll the, stop the, the big surprises. No everything you say. Yeah. Did you never take an improv class, you jackass? <laughs> no, no. You that's say not yes how, and. No, no, that's not it. Nope. Wrong. Uh, no. Yeah. Hi, my name is Tom. Nah, I don't think it is. No, what? you don't look like a Tom to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but there's so much more to come, man. So much more. Secrets of Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Matrix resolution. Res- resurrection. Resurrections. Yeah. Resurrections. Something with R. Something with R. I can't wait. It's a new. We we are donning. This is the last episode of this year. It is. Yep. And 2020 is going to be a whole nother new year. The de- freaking the Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. And and Fantastic yep. Beasts and Top Gun Mavericks. Oh, and yes. and oh, oh my. And <laughs> Batman's and <laughs> and oh, it's going to be it's going to be great. So I I want to say before Pete wraps this up, mm-hmm. I want to say thank you so much for spending 2021 with us. Um it was a shit show of a year. It was not the <laughs> year that we, you know, we reached the end of 2020 and we're like, thank effing God that 2021 is here. And now we're going into 2022 going, somebody kill me. Somebody <laughs> kill me now. Like, I can't, I can't, what, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we're excited. We're excited to spend it with you. Pete, say all the same things I just did, but a little bit differently and wrap <laughs> this thing up. Honestly, you did it so well. Thank you for joining us. Honestly, you guys are the reason we're here. And it it was a fun year from the film perspective. And it is a fun year approaching from a film perspective. And we look forward to just continuing the journey. Thank you so much for liking, follow, subscribing, for joining our Patreon. If you're on the fence for joining our Patreon, come on, join us. Thank you to our top-tier Patreon supporters, Daphne, Uh, Brenna, Andrew, 
Marshall, we really appreciate it. And uh, just thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, there's so much more to come. This podcast for us is like a, it's like an abusive relationship. We just don't know how to leave. You know, we're going to keep doing <laughs> it because awful. we don't know anything else. That is bad. That is bad. Let oh, me... well, happy holidays. <laughs>